Welcome, everyone. Before we begin um, this feedback and insight share number one, I want to make some introductory um, remarks that are very important. Firstly, I want to thank my Chavar Reb Aaron for allowing me to do this. He's the one who is arranging and doing all the groups and uh, doing the technical parts of it and everything. And I have tremendous akaras for him because without him, uh, there's no way I could be doing this. So I want to thank him. And in addition to that, I want to point out a few things. Rabaran has a shear on Hilcha Shabbos that is unbelievable in the sense that it really brings it down halacha lamaisa. And um, I think by combining and doing the Hilcha Shabbos shear and learning all those halachas, and I'm pretty sure that if you learn, for example, the Bishel, the whole series, and you just review them, you will know Bishel very, you know, cold. And it doesn't make a difference how, um, you know, how learned you were in the past or whatever the case may be. You will become proficient in Hilcha Shabbos and knowing what to do. And it's a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. It enhances the house tremendously. And I think that, together with this shear, which although it, uh, we said that's a Shalom Bayis shear, but in reality, it's a lot of it is, like I said a few times, it's Tikkun Hamidais. And it's not just Tikkun Hamidais. Within it, we're going to incorporate a lot of lessons overall in life. It's going to be primarily about Shalom Bayis, but you're going to see, if you listen carefully, it's going to be well-researched, and over time, it's going to become even more well-researched, and it's going to cover many nuances and many practical pieces of advice about life in general, not just Shalom Bayis, although the focal point is Shalom Bayis. And the combination for a yid to learn halacha and hashkafa, to become proficient in both and to blend the two as one is a tremendous thing. And therefore, we encourage you to listen to both sets of shiurim. It's that we do it purposefully, not long. Ten minutes per shiur. Shalom is daily. Shalom bayis erech twice a week. And it's doable because it's ten minutes here, ten minutes there. And it, you gain a lot of knowledge about it. Now I'm going to say this. The main shear will be the Shalom bias that is labeled with by numbers, number one, number two, and so on. It'll be usually twice a week and usually in the range of 10 minutes a shear. And what I encourage you to do is as you listen to them, some may will resonate more with some people, some will, others will resonate. Every shear is different. Some may not be as negea, others will be very negea. And as you listen to it, you should really mark off in a, in a notebook or something the, the number of the shear, roughly the topic, although we're going to eventually index it. But for now, write just by yourself the topic. And if it's something that resonates with you and it's something that you think you could learn from, I would encourage you not just to do it once and just let it pass by and, and go future shiurim. If something in shear number two or number eight was of great value to you when you listen to it on the advice there, write it down and go back to it. Because a lot of these Yesaidas, like the Masil Sharma say, are simple in concept, but they need constant integration, they need constant review, and it has to go into the system, and that's how real changes are made. So th- I encourage you to do that, and the main shear, like I said, will be that Shalom Bayez shear, uh, that will be labeled by number, number one, number two, and going forward. It'll be Be'erech 10 minutes per shear. And that will be the main shear.
However, what happened was, is that I received some feedback, people complaining and saying, why not do this daily, number one, and why not make it longer? 10 minutes is too short. I wanted an hour. Now, one thing that um, Ramiron explained to me, and I agree with him, and is important to know, the reason I, we can't do that is very simple. Both, first of all, I could speak for myself, on my side, is that Kanaina um, Hara have other many obligations. I would love to do this more than I'm doing, but I know myself and I know I won't always have the time or the ability of research. I want to make sure I, you know, I do my research and do it well, and I may not be equipped to be able to commit myself to do it on a daily basis and to make it much longer. That's mitzad me. And also mitzad you. Many of you, Kanainahara, are very busy. Baruch Hashem, I'm sure many of you have very busy lives, and I'm sure you Isaac and Tyre and many different things too. You probably don't have time. When you see a Shalom Bayashin, it says that it's an hour, hour and a half, hour. You know, you may not have time for it and not listen to it at all. Or Hilcha Shabbos, the same thing. You have other obligations, other things. We figure that 10 minutes per clip, listening to it and integrating it while you're here, while you're there, that's doable. While if we would have shiurim that are much longer, it may be more in-depth, it may be more, you know, in, enhanced. But the bottom line is, is a lot of people, rightfully so, who are too busy, um, will say, I just can't, I don't have time for this. It's a nice thing, but I just can't, I have so much to do and I have, I have a full day's work or, 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 or a wife that I have a whole household to run. I, I don't have time to sit on hours and hours of shiurim. But on the other hand... There are others that um, said that do have the time and they want it longer. So what I decided I'm going to do is as follows, is I'm going to take some of the feedback that I get on different questions, different topics that I get via email, and I'm going to put it over here. And this one won't be, um, I don't know how bequeous it will be, Sometimes it will be short, sometimes it will be long. And here I won't leave it to a 10-minute range. It could be very long. It could be wh- whatever it is. And it may be more, it will be less formal. Or it may be, uh, in some ways, in a, in a certain sense, more interesting. Because maybe, for example, well, we're going to bring up a topic that I'm not going to discuss in the main shiurim until much later. But we'll bring it up and briefly discuss those things. But... You have to know, so if you have time and you, you, you can listen to these feedbacks, Shiorim, wonderful. But if you can't, I still encourage you, then don't listen to this if you don't have the time. When you see these feedbacks, Shiorim, and there are a lot, you know, some of them may be long, then just listen to the 10-minute ones, because those are extremely important, and that is the Icker. So that's basically the first thing I wanted to say. Another thing I want to say is in regard to emails. Now... You could email me with your real names. I, I just want to tell you, I have no Facebook. I have no Instagram. I have no Twitter. Um, I'm generally a very private person. Um, I don't know people. that you know, the, you know, People don't know me. Just a regular guy. So therefore, you have, if, you, if anyone emails me with their real names, I, only I know about it. Very few people know even that I'm doing this year. Less than a handful of people right now know that I'm doing this year, and I'm not planning on letting other people know that I'm doing this year. So in my private life, I keep very quiet. The emails are completely, strictly confidential. But at the same time, so if you're 
willing to email me with your regular name. It's Bill Kept Confidential. If you, you know, I would generally focus on the question or the suggestion or anything you email me. I will address that directly. If you on your own want to discuss more things, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. But then there may be others of you that would be uncomfortable emailing me with their real names because sometimes a, a question could be so uncomfortable and you're worried you don't want people to know whatever the case may be or it's a sensitive topic then i encourage you what you can do is you could create a gmail account anonymously email me anonymously anonymously i will take every question as serious as possible and and take carry weight whether it's an anonymous email or a regular email it makes no difference because the main nakuda is the teichen the main nakuda is helping people and 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 and, and, and on a shama deep level and it makes no difference uh, whether I know you personally or whether I don't know you personally. And that's part of your sight in life that we have to know that we all we are all connected and we are all ba'achtas. That was another point I wanted to bring out that again, and nothing is off limits and um, we could discuss any given topic on Shalom Bayes, other topics too, but whatever it is and I'll be happy to respond to the best of my ability. As you know, I already discussed, and I'm not going to discuss it again, as to why I'm doing the shiurim. That's brought down in the introduction, as well as shown by shiur number three. I mentioned briefly why I, I, I am doing the shiurim, and my primary, primary motivation. But you need to know that um, this is um, a very important um, yisayid that's needed in the community, and that's the main reason why I'm doing this. So again... So for those who feel they have questions and they're nervous or they're uncomfortable with email me their real names, that's perfectly fine. I'm not a curious person in that sense. I just want to help people and get feedback. And and, and, and again, with, with, this is a little different than most GRM in the sense that I view myself as a regular person, like any one of you, has struggles. I may not have the same struggles as you, but I'm not up there in the sky and I'm no tzaddik. I have my own faults, and I'll be honest when I speak to you when I have that, because I think that's the only way to help people is when you're honest about your own vulnerabilities. And I will start off with that. We're going to talk in this particular um, stretch, we're going to talk about addiction, because that came up in the emails, alcohol addiction in particular. But before that, I want to just bring up something here. On by me, Baruch Hashem, and you guys need to know this. As far as I know from myself, I don't suffer from any type of addiction, Baruch Hashem. Um, now that does not mean I don't have a Yitzhahara. This is people make this mistake, by the way, especially when it comes to sexual addiction or pornography addiction, things like that. What's very important for both the women and their the men to know that even though. There's an Isser of Loisasur Achrelavafchem, and we're not supposed to stray after our eyes. And even though it is Usser to do certain things, it is Usser for a man to open up and sneak and open up a, 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 a ladies' magazine where they're dressed not sneistic, it is not permitted. And the same thing applies with speaking on the other side of the Mechitza or other things like that. But one thing uh, uh, both the men and the women need to know. Not to saying that it's right, but it's not a pathological condition. What I mean to say is as follows. There are certain natural Yetzirahs. This is one of them. 
for the fact that a, that a person, even if he did fall, and I'm not making excuses for it, I'm just saying that even if they do fall into these things on occasion, or even more than on occasion, which is wrong and it has to be corrected, that doesn't imply that the person is addicted. I am not a professional, I am doing research, but clearly addiction comes to a point where they are so ingrained in that type of behavior that they need it as a coping mechanism to cope in life. So for example, even if it's not pornography, let's say it's just regular plain TV shows, there could still be an addiction there if a person, when he comes home, let's say from work, and he jumps in at seven o'clock, and he closes the door in his room, and he watches movies and everything all the way till four in the morning, where he can barely function the next day, and he needs to do this every single night, or almost every single night, and without it, he'll go crazy. That's an addiction. So you need to know to differentiate. Now, before I start talking about the alcohol addiction, I'll just mention something in general, a yisoid, that's me. that's important to know. The one thing... Okay, so again, so I have a Yetzirah like every every other person. Baruch Hashem, as far as I know, I have no uh, addictions. So, But that doesn't mean, even though I can't be in the person's shoes, doesn't mean if I do my research, which I have in a, to a great degree, to be able to help in this manner. Now, as far as I'm concerned, one of the things that is, for example, my own personal struggle, is sometimes overeating. Um, so, for example, there are many people when they're under stress, they can't eat a thing. And then there are other people when they're under stress or they need motivation, they'll eat. They'll, or they'll overeat even without thinking. I am come from one of those situations. So if you want to categorize one of the problems that I do have in real life, that is called emotional eating. Emotional eating means that when you feel upset about something or stressed out, you tend to overeat. Now, I do want to say that Baruch Hashem, my wife, puts me in check. And she calls me out on it. And I am working on it on myself. I'm somewhat overweight. Not crazy overweight, but somewhat overweight. But the truth is, is if my wife would not push me and encourage me and sometimes be tough with me and saying, what are you doing? You know, watch what you're eating and this and that. I would definitely be 70 pounds more, weighing more, probably with a lot of sugar issues and blood pressure issues and knee issues more than I have now. No question about it. And I am just telling you that, you know, sometimes I, could, I get annoyed because when I come home from a hard day, and okay, so I'll eat a piece of cake and my wife will comment and give me a hard time. And sometimes I'm thinking to myself, I had such a hard day. Why are you harping on the fact that I'm eating another piece of cake? But the bottom line is, you know, and, and sometimes maybe... You would say, objectively, I have a right to be frustrated. You know, why are you harping just on that, you know, when there's so many other things going on? Or maybe some, so, many, so many other good things that I do do in life. But the truth be told, in the long scheme of things, I come to realize that if it wouldn't be for that, I'd be in much worse shape. And a lot of you husbands out there need to know this. For many of your wives that sometimes, quote-unquote, nag you, and sometimes, quote-unquote, give you... Um, you know, grief over things, and sometimes going overboard, whatever the case may be, but you sometimes have to take a look back. It took me a while to realize this, by the way, and it may take you a while to realize it yourselves as well, that very often 
that it is coming from a good place. It may not be expressed the right way at this point, and there needs to be skills in how to um, point it out. But sometimes when a wife um, gives it to the husband, quote-unquote, or the other way around, sometimes it's not meant to be mean-spirited. It's really meant that they really care about them and they want them to improve and to want to become better. And that's something that you need to understand, even as you're going through things and listening to things or maybe experiencing things that are not quite pleasant. But sometimes you have to take a step back and look at the whole picture and understand that. And that really takes away a lot of the, you know, the sting of an uncomfortable situation at the, you know, at the time you're in it. Now, I do want to discuss, though, alcohol addiction for the moment, because that's a very difficult thing. The first thing I want to say is, and this is a misconception with a lot of people, because the first thing, if someone does not have this problem, and they think of a drunk, and they just think there's nothing, you know, they're empty people, uh, they're bums, their, you know, low lives or whatever it is, because the truth is when you're in, you know, when you're addicted to alcohol and you're in that state, the behavior is deteriorate. And it's very easy for an outsider when they look at this to say, this is the way the, that is the way the person is. This is the way, this is the essence of that person. And in reality, it is not the case. Now, I listened to some lectures of, uh, from A.J. Tversky, um, you know, Zechreinah Lavracha, means Neshama Havan Aliyah, who just passed away. He did tremendous things. I have to really go back and listen to them more because he discussed alcohol addiction a lot and about treatment about it and how to deal with that. And I really should go back and people who are experiencing that in their family should go back to those um, lectures. But that idea is a misconception. And from the people who started the AAA uh, group, and the people who, who worked on it and went through and and, and, and um, went through remission with this and healed from it. Um, not that you know they always had to be careful, but they became wonderful people, great people. What they really, really are, in essence, just some of them either a genetic weakness or whatever the case may be. With some people, when they take a drink or two, they're fine. They don't have they don't have that pull to drink. And with others, it just sucks them in. And you have to know yourself, you have to know your genetic makeup. And if you have that problem, you have to tackle it face, you know, head on. And very often what happens is, is you have a wonderful, good-hearted, special person that falls into this trap um, and doesn't know how to get out of it and struggles with it often. And they, their behaviors during that, those times deteriorate terribly and harm the fa- family tremendously causing them, wreaking havoc on the whole mishpacha uh, with anger, with um, sometimes it could turn violent. It's really scary. And what we need to understand is, is as follows, and it's very important. There are Baruch Hashem in this generation, I'm not, sure, not just talking in the Jewish community, but overall in the world, many, many very successful stories of inspiration about addicts, of all types of addicts that are able to overcome it 
and live not only just to a plain life, but they live really special lives once they're able to conquer it, once they're able to, to you know, get past it. Now, that doesn't mean as you, you speak, you listen to people who there are alcoholics that did not touch wine or, or whiskey or anything for over 40 years. They're still deemed alcoholics because they have that tendency that the cravings could still come here and there and sometimes very strong, but now they're wise enough and they know enough and they have the training or they have the therapy or the 12 steps, whatever it is, that they know how to deal with those cravings when they come up. But they are dry alcoholics, meaning they've been, they haven't touched wine for 40 years. And they've done tremendous things in those 40 years, inspiring people, having wonderful marriages and wonderful relationship with their children and inspiring others also to work on that problem, to get healing from it. So it's never too late. Not only is it never too late, it, it is always um, in the person's ability, even if he feels helpless and he can't control that particular behavior, he can do something to affect that change regardless. For example, this is another th case where if someone, God forbid, has a bipolar condition, and during that, in certain stages, they could act violently or really crazy, but when they take that medication, the Baruch Hashem they have these days, they could lead a perfectly normal life. You know, occasionally the medication needs tweaking, it needs some you know, whatever it is, but but Bederaklal, they could lead, it did not just, you know, when I say great lives and healthy, I don't mean just Parev, I don't mean just Bidiyeved, you know, like, okay, they'll, they'll just pull through. No, they really, really accomplish a tremendous amount. Because a lot of these people that have these addictions, that were fell into it, they're very, many of them are very creative, they're very deep, they're very, they're wonderful people. But this took a hold of them. And it's important to know. And, you, and, and anyone who is suffering from addiction, they need to tap on not, to get, not only to get the help they need, but they also need to tap on to try to find, and I'll try to find it for you, but if not, try to, you know, with the feedback, or with the emails, try to find it. Inspirational stories from people, biographies. I don't care whether they're Jewish or not Jewish. It makes no difference in this context. That went through and came out on the other side, and they've been clean for, for a decade or decades from all types of addictions, whether it's gambling addiction, sex addiction, porn addiction, drug addiction, or like we're talking about, alcohol addiction. And when you hear their stories and go through, they explain the journey they went through, which res could, will resonate with with the other people that are that have suffered or are suffering now from addiction, they will become inspired by that, and they'll realize that yes, my life may be totally out of control, but I could take that first step. I could take that step, and take the step of what's needed. The bipolar person could be encouraged, or have, and if he feels he's not fully in control of when and how to take his medication, this was somebody to really be on top of them to take it. And, um, you know, I know it's not as simple as I'm saying, but in many cases that is, that is true, that when they stick to their program, they could do tremendous things. And with alcohol addiction, it's unfortunately a big problem in our communities, in all communities. I've heard about this problem 
um, way before uh, me getting this email in this particular instance. It's in many communities with the large kedation, with the social uh, aspect to it of not feeling out of place when you're dealing with you know friends and everyone has their booze and their schmooze and whatever it is, and um, you're looked upon. Um, you know, it's, there's a big social pressure. Some of us don't quite. Um, you know, understand that Nisayan, you know, if you're introverted or you're not into the social scene or whatever it is, but it could be a big Nisayan, this pressure of everyone else doing something and you, you know, Dafka doing something different, knowing that that's healthy for you. So this is something that the communities need to open up to, need to become more aware about and need to be honest with themselves. And I appeal to you, anyone who has that problem of alcohol addiction and gets into those behaviors that they know could negatively affect their wife, could negatively affect their children. It's, um, they need to do something about it. Even if they feel helpless and they don't know how to control it right now, they need to get that help. They need to get that help now. They need to listen and make find out from groups or contacts from people that successfully were able to pull you know away from it and strive to be that person there's no reason why someone these days baruch hashem with all the medical technology and you know in certain um periods of history it could have been if someone suffered from bipolar depression anxiety or these types of addictions it, there was you know Basically, there was no scientific solutions for a lot of these things. It was terrible. Baruch Hashem, these days, there are. There are programs, and there are programs that work. And please, if you have, especially if you, a lot of you have wonderful wives, wonderful mishpachas, and Hashem is the most dearest to you, and he's, He holds you there, Hashem, and you should hold Hashem there. And for Him, you should try to get through this. Why He gave you this test, I don't know. But do everything you can to heal and to take the steps to heal. And many of your wives and your children are very special and they love you. And you need to take the courage as much as you can and acknowledge the problem and face it head on and become the husband that you want to be, the husband that you really are. And the one that your wife and your children see in you when you are not overcome by this addiction. It is extremely important. And get the chizik wherever you can get it. And um, and again, I know there's unfortunately these stigmas, people are embarrassed to acknowledge a problem. You can do it privately. There are ways to do it privately. But there has to be a way. And that is what is really important. So anyway, so this is my first one um, of this type of a um, lecture. I don't know how often it will be, you know, depending on what feedback I get, depending on the topics, and depending on what is brought up. Some things may come to my mind, and it's not in the regular progression of the shiurim. I may put it here. But this will be more fluid. It'll be more of an open forum. It'll be um, sometimes, even to be honest with you, as I talk, things may come up. As I say, it'll be much less formal, uh, which some people may enjoy more. Some people may enjoy less. 
And again, these shiurim um, are, are I want to do separate on purpose because, like I said, th- th- it's a wide audience with people with varying amounts of time. And the people who have more time and they want to explore these topics more, and I could put it out here, I'll put it out here. And um, But I still think the primary shiurim are the ones that will be numbered. That will be those 10-minute shiurim. That's the key. So the, I am open to ideas and sh- suggestions. Like, for example, some of you may be into... I'm, I like personality types. I think how it help, can help human relationships and shalom bias. A lot of you in the overall general population may not be interested in that. So that's another idea, though, of these type of um, feedback and insight shiurim, which I'm going to call this feedback and insight shiur number one. But in these this series, maybe something like that could be where, um, you know, it'll be maybe more selective where, you know, it may pick particular uh, side, you know, topics that are extremely vital to people, but not everyone is interested in. Or it's not, you know, a, a negair to everybody. Or the other way around. There's some, there may be something that comes up that I haven't fully explored yet, or I'm not ready yet to put into the sets shiurim that are given, you know, numerically, and I'll bring it up now. And um, so anyway, I'm open to ideas, I'm open to suggestions, and I'm open also to criticism. In other words, if it's fear, criticism, I read everything. So if someone writes something that they feel, you know, you got, you know, you need to fix something, or work on this, work on that, or, or, or the disagreeing with the topic, whatever it is, um, I don't shy away from it. And I'm not going to shy away from it. Um, I'm going to try to learn from it and see what I can do to make things better. Anyway, have a wonderful um, day. You should have atzlach and bracha. Be happy to hear from you. Shalom Bayes 777 at gmail.com for any suggestions or any topics that you want to discuss and your feedbacks. And again, the truth be told is, listen very carefully now, is that when you send emails, whether with your real name, whether anonymously, it makes no difference. Um, sometimes, I won't always do it, but in some situations, if you feel you want to share an insight of how one of these eights has helped, or whatever it is, and you say it clearly in the email, that this is something I don't mind, or I would like you to share, and I feel it's appropriate to share, then I would share. I would never do that without explicit permission from you. Anyway, Hatzlach and Bracha. Take care.